Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here. Your calls are the primary element, however... In the absence of those, we will go to things that are interesting to us. And tonight, Mark, we're going to start in your email box. Why don't you pick, I know you had a couple of interesting emails, pick one of them and maybe we'll get to both. Okay. Um, This one's from uh, Rabo. Let's see. I'm a chef, so I'm never able to hear your show live as I'm cooking fine food for the many, many of the state and university bureaucrats in Madison, Wisconsin. But I rarely miss a show as I download every day and listen on my way to and fro work. This also inhibits my ability to call into the show, so I'm wondering if perhaps I can ask by email. Hopefully you can read an answer on the air or email response. If you should answer on the air, I'll hear it by tomorrow and the day after. Okay. A while ago, Mark had talked about his involvement with a local fire brigade. More specifically, how he had uh, made a proposal to the chief in a way um, to purchase a new truck through private means, as opposed to using taxpayer money. I was wondering if you gents could explain that proposal a bit more and perhaps expand the discussion on how privatized emergency services like fire, ambulance, although I think majority of ambulance services already are private, and police would work. Well, um, specifically on the case that he asked about, I didn't um, propose a private means to buy the truck. I proposed a private means to help fund the fire department, and then um, they're asking for a truck, and I offered my vote at the town meeting uh, for that truck. Actually, I won't be giving that vote at the town meeting because I won't be able to go, but... uh, you know, as the case Does may that be. mean you're breaking your promise? I called the uh, fire chief and told him that I wouldn't be able to go. I see. Uh, he probably um, doesn't uh, feel real c- uh, confident in my vote anyway and might be happy that I'm not going. Gotcha. Because I had a meeting with him where I said I felt it was immoral to vote for the tanker truck. Okay. Anyway, so uh, how would a uh, privatized emergency services like fire, ambulance, although I think a majority of ambulance services already are private? Well, that's pretty much the answer. Right, that's um, true. At least here in Keene, I know that there is tr- a private ambulance. Yeah, right. It's only transport. Um, the, the the thing is, is that many most ambulance services have been in the past private and are moving more towards public. Why? Because ambulance drivers see what firefighters get paid and want to get paid that because firefighters are paid, well, pretty much above what they would be paid normally. And there aren't that many fires, so they have to give the firefighters things to do, and they don't want to mow mm-hmm. the they don't want to mow the ditches. So they, you know, give them ambulance services type things to do. Do you understand? Yes. So it's government make make work essentially for highly paid bureaucrats. The fact is. The vast majority of ambulance services have at one point been private, and fire services would really no, be no different. Essentially, fire services aren't there to protect your house from getting burnt down, because that's your job. They're there to protect the next guy's house from getting burnt down. So, And, you know, when houses are close together, it makes more sense. And, they're, and, and to that end, it's really a protection for the insurance companies, because the insurance companies are the ones that have to pay when the house gets burned down, right? That's correct. So it should be an extension of the insurance companies, don't you think? Right. So the taxpayers are then hefting the burden of the insurance companies. Insurance companies should be the ones that you know, help pay fire departments because they're the ones that benefit from them, from it. And, you know, the the individual does, too. Now, people will often say, well, the last thing you want is the fire department there dickering on the price while your house is burning down in front of you. (laughs) 
But the, the same argument should be made on the ambulances then. I mean, ambulance services um, in most of the United States have, in the relatively recent past or today, are private. So are you telling me, as I'm having a heart attack, the EMTs are saying, oh, Mr. Edgington, would you like the defibrillator or not? Defibrillator is going to cost you 500 bucks. Just sign here. Just right, right. They don't do that. No. These guys are professionals. They do their job. They come in, just, right. um, you know, zap you, shoot you up, whatever they got to do, and then they get you, they stabilize you, put you in the box, um, you know, box truck, and then haul you to the hospital. Right. Well, when you go and you buy an insurance policy from somebody like i mean let's take a basic one like you know tires for life from some automotive dealer you go and you buy tires for life you show them your uh you, when you go to get the tires installed you show them your proof of purchase and that's it there's no question you don't have to pay for those tires because you already have i mean why anybody would think that if you're paying for a service in advance which is essentially what fire insur- insurance is you're paying in advance in the event that these gentlemen need to actually put your fire out, they will show up and do it, no questions asked. So why is it anybody would think that all of a sudden they're going to just stop down and say, well, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to charge you anyway. I mean, that's that's a breach of contract, and nobody would be able to do business like that. Scare, scare tactics, that's essentially it. Big government scare tactics. That's what people, you know, they, they think if the government doesn't get it, who's going to do it? We wouldn't have roads. We wouldn't have fire service. We wouldn't have police if it wasn't for It's also painting the, the businessman as a greedy uh, greedy individual. And they are out there. Absolutely, some businessmen are out, out there being... Being greedy, but the the thing is, the marketplace takes care of people that are, you know, I, I hate to use the term greed, uh, people that are in, unscrupulous in their mm-hmm. business tactics. Uh, I think greed motivates all of us, and so, to some extent or another. Well, because competition is out there, and it's going to get in the way of the greedy person. Whereas if the greedy person is involved in government, they have no competition to be concerned about. That's right. what I was going to say. Greed isn't uh, the government isn't free of greed. The people who lobby government, like a lot of wealthy corporations, to get favoritism for them, there's greed there, too. So government doesn't protect us from greed. Right. And in in the case of uh, the fire brigades or the ambulances, uh, you're talking about the unions, these powerful unions made up of, uh, you know, that have (laughs) – it's their job to get higher and higher wages for the people in the union, the firefighters and the ambulance drivers. Remember, I'm speaking as a firefighter here. Now, I'm a volunteer firefighter. But, uh, you know, I'm, I, I feel I have a, a little bit more standing to do this. The unions lobby against the individual, basically, because the average individual paying taxes doesn't have time to go to, to town meetings and, uh, you know, say, whoa, this is too much they're asking. This is crazy. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's the problem. The unions lobby against the individual, mm-hmm. and you're, it's, it's essentially um, impossible to stop constant growth in the size of these uh, government programs. Pretty much. And like you pointed out uh, in a recent show, if you do fight them back and keep them from passing some huge expansion of government, they just pull, turn around and do it again another year until people finally give up trying to fight it. Right. Well, it feels like they can't beat City Hall. And indeed, it's, it's a pretty frustrating situation when, as you're saying, it just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. Eventually, people are just going to throw their hands up in the air and say, to hell with this. I, I'm not even going to pay attention anymore. <laughs> They're gonna. They're just gonna do what they want and take what they want. Or you get to a situation like we have here in Keene, uh, again Keene, New Hampshire, where we originate this program, where they're talking about building a new middle school. And I realize this isn't fire, but it's related to the the, the idea that they just keep pushing for something new. And what they're doing here is they'll give you a choice, right? They'll they'll uh, put something forth to the voters and they'll say, okay, well, well we're gonna vote on whether when you get, uh, get a new middle school or not. 
But neither one of the choices is something that anybody who cares about small government would appreciate. Right. Should we uh, refurb the old middle school for $20 million or build a new one for $18 million? Right. There is no option on the table for let's just do nothing. Everything's fine the well, way it is. Well, that's because they've managed to pass all these little other codes and rules and other things. You know, the, well, kids can't be in a room that doesn't have, uh, you know, 300 cubic feet of uh, air moved in and out of it within every hour. And, right. You now, know, it could be all federal. Kinds of, there's, sure. Right. It doesn't. So they'll use the feds as an excuse. They'll say, right. well, federal, ma- uh, federal guidelines mandate that we have this and this and this and this in our schools, and this school is not up to spec, so we either need to remodel right. so or we need to build a brand new So am I self-governing or not? I mean, are we a self-governing community or not? Well, the answer is no. Whether it's being brought down by the state, brought down by the feds, the fact is you just don't have any choices. These local towns don't self-govern at all. They might decide where to spend a little money here or where to spend a little money there, but they're always uh, you know, sticking by these uh, rules that are passed down from the, the big business, or the, the big uh, government agencies, state or federal, which one, whichever one it might be, so you just don't have that ability anymore it's gone people local governance is gone so either way you slice what they're putting in front of the voter it's going to benefit some big construction firm either to build a brand new building or to do heavy heavy duty uh, again yeah 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll free line and then if you confront one of the school board members with a question like hey what's it going to take you uh to get you guys to start operating on a voluntary basis the response is well i don't know how you expect us to earn 39 million dollars voluntarily pay your taxes or have your house taken away citizen all right more on the way you can bring up whatever you want this is free talk live Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features on the site, and we give them all away to you, including the Shrine of Female Listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. See what that is all about. Again, Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. And want to invite you to join us at the upcoming 2009 Liberty Forum. The 2009 Liberty Forum brought to you by the Free State Project, happening March 5th through the 8th. It is a week away at this point. Uh, Thursday night, next week. Mark, you're shaking your head. Are you... uh Am I just wrong? Got here so fast. Oh, you're shocked. Okay, gotcha. Uh, yes. Yeah, so a week from now, we will all be out at the uh, the Crown Plaza Hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire, for the first evening, which is Thursday, the fifth, for the Liberty Forum. I believe they're going to be having some daytime things going on on Thursday, including a trip to the State House, some sort of gun shoot, as well as a comedian on Thursday night, and who knows what other. I guess unofficial things will be going on as far as after-hours parties, things like that. There'll be that. I've heard rumors about a uh, a gambling table at some point. I'm not sure how public that will be or not. Uh, There, so there are a lot of things that are being under uh, that are under uh, consideration, and it's going to be a good time because the entire event is just packed full of hundreds of liberty-minded people, including big-name people like Glenn Jacobs. You might know him as WWE's Kane, Anthony Gregory from LouRockwell.com, Will Buchanan from The Walk for Liberty. 
John Taylor Gatto, and so many more. You can get the full list of speakers over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Get registered by this Sunday. If you want to get in on the dinners, you want to get in on the keynote dinners, you have to get registered by this Sunday and no later. So keep that in mind. freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Use our discount code 2009FTL to save 10%. That's 2009 FTL to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. So we continue here. And uh, Dale, did you pull up the article that you were looking for? Yes, uh, I did. You had written an article on your website, anarchyinyourhead.com, a few days ago, and I just thought it was maybe the best one you've ever written. I've, I've always <laughs> been, uh, always enjoyed reading your stuff over at anarchyinyourhead.com, which is actually primarily a great cartoon website. And I highly recommend our listeners go and check it out if they haven't yet done so. They get new cartoons every Wednesday and Friday over at anarchyinyourhead.com. Also, um, whenever you feel like it, you post an an editorial, and you've done one that I think deserves to be read on the air. So if you will do the honors. Thank you very much. Sure. Uh, It's called Slavery Equals Death, and, and accordingly, Liberty Equals Life. Our will is what defines us as living. It's what makes us critically different from dead inanimate objects, like a rock has no will of its own. To the extent that you take away or restrict a person's will and expression of self, you're killing that person. I've been talking about slavery in very cold and hard terms, and if I communicated my views well, then you probably find it rather depressing. Well, I don't mean it to be. Unfortunately, there's no delicate way to tell someone a hard truth like that. Fortunately, knowledge is power, and you have to know the truth before you can deal with it. The gay rights movement was onto something with the slogan, silence equals death. To be threatened with punishment for fully living your life as your innate will would have you live it is akin to being suffocated. Perhaps that sense of suffocation is simply more overt amongst gay and lesbian people by virtue of having a non-typical internal will more at odds with societal standards. In that sense, it can be seen as a gift in the, sa- in the same way that sensitivity to pain was likely a beneficial mutation for some of the earliest creatures to evolve nervous systems for reacting to dangers in their environment. It's why the coming out process is such a relief and so empowering. It's like being alive Engulping in deep, deep breaths after feeling suffocated. You're finally getting the chance to be who you really are instead of putting up some sort of facade, whether it's a facade of pretending to not be a gay person, as what you were referring to there, or whether it's a facade of, for instance, being forced to stand up in a courtroom for some judge that you absolutely don't have any respect for or for a system that you don't have any respect for, or you know, a myriad of other things that, whether it's tradition or just in indoctrination that uh, we participate in, in many cases, to our detriment. Right. It's really damaging. And to actually the to the point of violence at this point. I mean, it's, it's when you are working for something other than your goal, then that's, that's why I call it slavery in the first place. I mean, any, even claiming the right to tax us is basically forcing us to work for something other than our, our desire. Absolutely. You know? So... Most of us have become accustomed to that sense of suffocation. At first thought, that might seem as if it should make life easier, but I don't believe it does. Instead, it leaves this vague sense of stress and hopelessness, the source of which largely eludes us. Consider all the self-help books out there. To the extent that any of them are actually helpful, I would attribute that to the process of self-exploration that they encourage. And perhaps to whatever extent they encourage the readers to discover and listen to their true selves. On the other hand, I wouldn't have high expectations of any self-help program that made the solution sound easy. We are, in fact, surrounded by threats of punishment for failing to conform to certain expectations. It takes a lot of courage to defy those external commands and listen to your own will. I think you're absolutely right about that. And we're seeing an exa- example of how much courage it really takes up here in New Hampshire. We talk a lot about the uh, the Free State Project and how it's moving hundreds and eventually thousands of liberty-minded people here to New Hampshire. 
But of those hundreds of people, only a handful have really had the courage to step outside of the boundaries that the government has prescribed for them. I mean, there are hundreds of people... Many people do. uh, You know, I understand where you're coming from the civil disobedience thing, but people step outside of the uh, boundaries that the government prescribes for them all the time. They speed... Silently, yes. They they do it uh, surreptitiously. I'm talking about people who are willing to do it on the out and out. People who are willing to stand up and be seen... Uh, violating those those rules that the government has laid down, and well, that, that it pays threatens off. to shatter the facade. You it know, does when you see that. when you see a slave misbehaving openly, especially to the extent that they get away with it or that they keep doing it, and you get this that that's actually the sort of thing that uh, you know makes the other slaves willful, if you would. If you would. So. Absolutely. And, and so the instances, uh, the few instances that we've had of civil disobedience have certainly spurred others to come here and consider doing the same sorts of things. But it's no, it really is no easy task. This is something where risk is involved and it could be the risk of you losing what small amount of freedom that you have. I mean, okay, yes, we do have the, a lot of freedom. We do get to choose which way we go when we leave our houses in the morning. We aren't completely restricted in our in our options. However, we do know if we take a look at the world around us and we take a look at the political situation that we're in today, we realize that the freedoms are lessening, that over time the government continues to write new rules down on paper and put uh, men men with guns behind them in order to back them up. And those rules become more and more restricting of our business lives, of our economic freedom, of our personal freedom. They write so many laws every year, you can't read them. You couldn't read them in the year. More and more, it's feeling like our freedoms are privileges. And that's why I say no matter how much of our income they take or no matter how much of freedoms they allow us, the point is they're allowing it. They're treating it as a privilege and they'll Mm -hmm. take it away at any time. If you disobey, even if you haven't harmed anyone, even if you're an innocent person, by any reasonable sense of the word innocent, even if you're an innocent person, if you disobey, that is the number one crime and they will take your freedom away. So your freedom, every ounce of your freedom is considered a privilege that they are allowing you to have, that they are acting as if they are kind masters who are allowing us our freedom, and and that's unacceptable. That state of existence is unacceptable. In fact, earlier this week, you and I, Dale, we saw a couple of of the activists, a couple of free staters, sentenced to a day in jail because they decided to, one of them decided to wear a hat into a courtroom, and the other one decided to ask a couple of questions about wearing hats into a courtroom. Their, Their disobedience was rewarded with... An entire, or a good portion of a business day spent in a prison cell. More on the way you can bring up what you want. Uh, we'll continue the story here in a bit. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us, including the updates. You get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates. 
www.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark at LegalZoom.com, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order at LegalZoom.com. We continue sharing a story from Dale's website, AnarchyInYourHead.com. It's an editorial that you did called Slavery is Death. And I happen to agree completely. Let's continue, Dale. Okay. We are all individuals with very different needs and desires. What one person needs to achieve fulfillment is likely not completely the same for any other person in the world. And yet yet there is this artificial collectivism, this societal role imposed on us. Go to school, get good grades, date someone of the opposite sex, go to a good college, get a career, get married, contribute to your 401k, have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and a 20-year plan for whatever career you found yourself in, get a 30-year loan on a home, and hopefully have it paid off by retirement, retire, make sure you found God, and then die in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) That's success. If you do all those steps, then you have succeeded and and died successfully. Yeah, I'm going to miss that college part, but uh, yeah, I'd I'd agree that that doesn't sound too far from success for me. But just because it's success for me doesn't mean it's success for everyone. (laughs) Right, exactly. The average person, and by that I mean almost everyone, is spending most of his life jumping through hoops, sublimating himself to external pressures that have nothing to do with his true self and true motivations. You can you can look at the various different uh, things, the various different entities in one's life that will influence one to do a specific thing that may be contrary to one's own interests. And of course, the first thing is family. Uh, where you have the right. kind of the restrictive family situation of mom and dad wanting to essentially live their lives vicariously through their youngster uh, to have their their ch- child um, correct the mistakes that they made perhaps while they were uh, younger or to have them be more successful in the very same trade in which they were in or to have them c- carry on the family business or the or family to be a trade. doctor or lawyer or, to, yeah, or whatever it is that whatever, they think is best right whatever vision of a professional baseball player whatever vision. Yeah, it is they have for their kids it's not their kids vision but the more they try to impose that upon them the more they attempt to convince their their child that this is indeed your vision well because it's what mommy and daddy want for you well if that's not going to make you happy if what you want is something completely different it can be a very difficult thing to essentially set that aside and to still uh to to still love your parents but still make a stand for yourself and say, Mom and Dad, that's not what I want for myself. What I want is over here. It's to do this. And if that hurts you or you feel harmed by that, I apologize, but I have to... I have to do what's right for me. So families, I think one of the first things, hoops that a lot of people have to, that hurdle that they have to get over. And then, of course, there's what you're talking about, Dale, with society just kind of has this general path that they encourage people to go on, go to college, etc. All of these things, which we've discussed college extensively over the last few weeks on this program and talked about how, you know, the reality of the situation is college just isn't right for, I don't, I don't think for most people. It wouldn't have been right for me. It's a role they want you to fill. That's that role is crucial to a structure that they uh, have set and want people to fill those roles. It's so. certainly crucial. College, particularly, is crucial to those in academia. That's right. I mean, if they didn't have such a great system to funnel people through, 
uh, and I don't, I'm not saying college is great. I, I mean the system is great. The, the effectiveness of the indoctrination, the effectiveness of the, the message that's constantly pounded into kids that you have to go to college. If it weren't for that uh, system being so effective, if there was some sort of anti-college forces out there helping kids you know, really determine whether or not they wanted to go to college. They are, but they're ineffective. The fact is the workplace is out there calling people, offering them money to go and um, you know, work. I mean, how much easier is working, how much harder or easier is working than going to school? I'd say it's it's pretty equal. I, I don't like doing a lot of the writing and stuff that goes into college. Wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can get paid on a daily basis to go out and have a job. So there are forces out there working against college. However, you, as you said, it's an extraordinarily effective system. So it depends on what you study, too. It's because of the public school system where we, you know, we are forced to fund these kids for 13 years. Um, you know, for and the they're indoctr- told all along. Right. The indoctrination begins immediately. Well, if you want to be president, Johnny, you're going to have to go to college. So whether, it is, whether you are living your parents' dream or you're living the dream of the academics that want you to be a part of their little system or you're living the dream of the government bureaucrats who want to extract your wealth from you in order to, um, you know, to continue on whatever programs and things they want to, to continue creating, you're not in any of those instances living for yourself. It could be your spouse, too. I mean, there could be all kinds of things. Whenever it is that you're not living for your values and for your dreams, you are – and what you're saying here, Dale, is you're dying, basically, even though you yeah. may still live there, on for another several decades. It's a slow death. It, it really is. I mean, you are – your will is what – you know, it, it's what defines us. I mean, our personalities and our desires and the choices that we make, those are all the things that we think of as defining us more than anything else that matters is – and uh, having that stifled is is stifling your your life your your uh, your expression. So, is there more? Yeah, there's more. Um, so speaking of thing, the you know thinking. Uh, speaking of the things that you have to sublimate yourself to these external pressures. Authoritarian governments are the primary culprits, but not the only ones. Did you make friends of people whom circ uh, whom circumstances simply placed you amongst? Do you live where you live because it's close to the job that circumstances presented to you, or because it's close to home? Do you call something home simply because it's where you were raised? We are. Meant I'd say a lot of people would say yes to those questions. That's something that really brings to mind the Free State Project. I wonder how many people. It's they, the statistically so many people live close to where they were raised, and the exceptions almost inevitably is that they they got a job out of college. This mm-hmm. is what describes me. Uh, they got a job out of college and went moved somewhere to be close to work. Right. Uh, well, you being know? a Free State Project member, I've noticed. Um, you know, people will ask you. So, what brought you to New Hampshire? There's only two acceptable answers for moving. The two acceptable answers are job. I suppose you could in- include college in this. I've ca- I came up here to go to college. So Sorry. I suppose college, job, lover. That's it. Oh, I met I, I, I met somebody on the Internet. Family just, is sometimes a possibility. Like if, you know, mom's sick or something, you've moved up to take I care of. I think you're right. People seem a little impressed when you say, I liked New Hampshire and I wanted to live in New Hampshire. You yeah. know, and that really kind of blows people. Really? You, you made an affirmative yeah. choice mm-hmm. about where you wanted to live and you made that happen? Like that, like that's an, a miracle. Hmm. How could you do that? Why doesn't everyone do that? Well, people I, list their favorite place to live. I've, I see people. What state would you live in if you could? And I saw someone list a state. I can't remember which one what it was. And I said, Well, why aren't you living there? What's keeping you from living there? And I'm sure it's a bundle of fears. Like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to get a job, or maybe my job won't be as good, and all these things. And I'm like, Why do you have so little faith in yourself? <laughs> 
I'm not surprised if you don't accomplish much of anything. I think with that you kind can of move attitude. out to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think you can move to Nashville or L.A., um, even San Francisco. There's a uh, New York City. Uh, there's a few places you you can move based on I wanted to live there, but it it to the, you know it seems odd to say well I just wanted to live in New Hampshire. You know, people you, say, you, say you know, you it's nose here, right? Or they'll, I, they'll say things like I that. know that people have a certain affection for New, the New England area and maybe not New Hampshire specifically outside of the, something like the Free State Project. But but I can understand someone saying, I want to live in the New England area and exploring it and deciding a certain place they want to live, mm. something like that. There's I, a certain I, flavor to that. I can understand any of it. I'm just saying that it's, it, it's, it's, it's unusual. <laughs> it's unusual because we're so in a certain framework of mind. So... Uh, we are meant to be willful, cre- willful creatures, not lifeless automatons that simply react to stimuli, stimuli in our environments. Our complex mind and the associated will evolved over millions of years and has a purpose crucial, crucial to our survival. Love and nurture your will. Try to discover what you really want. Take affirmative action to make it happen. It's not easy, and I don't pretend it will be. We've been conditioned all our lives to largely ignore our own will and respond to external stimuli. I want to come back with more here okay. in a moment. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line talking about your will. Are you following your intentions, or are you, as Dale was putting it, just reacting to stimuli put in front of you? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whether you're buying brand new or used in dozens of categories, you can feel good because you're getting the stuff you want, and Free Talk Live is getting a cut at amazon.freetalklive.com. Dot com. As we continue here, Dale, you're sharing with us a recent blog post at anarchyinyourhead.com, which is your website, entitled Slavery is Death. And I believe we're coming toward the close of it. Uh, what are the, the final thoughts in the article? We are meant to be willful creatures, not, lifel- li- not lifeless <clears throat> automatons that simply react to stimuli in our environments. Our complex mind and the associated will evolved over millions of years and have a purpose crucial to our survival. Love and nurture your will. Try to discover what you really want and take affirmative action to make it happen. It's not easy and don't pretend it will be. We've been conditioned all our lives to largely ignore our own will and respond to various external stimuli. There are a myriad of external forces working to mold your will into something unnatural and unhealthy, something very much not the real you. Defy those forces. Disobey. Take action. Express yourself honestly. You may be overwhelmed at how alive you can feel. To the extent that you are not following your own intentions, to the extent that you are not following your dreams, that you aren't doing what it is that you truly believe you should be doing, you're following someone else's dreams. So if you're going to school when you don't really think that you should go to school, when you feel like you should be doing something else, but you're going to school anyway, you're creating the dreams of, you know, the academics, Uh, If you're in a career that is not really satisfying to you, if it's not something that you want to do, but you're, you know, you're making a lot of money and so you feel like, well, it's money and so you need money and so you're you're kind of putting up with a career that you otherwise wouldn't tolerate, you're creating the dreams of whoever it is that's running that company. 
you're not following your own if you're not following your own dreams you're not truly living and i know that you were telling me dale that uh when you left your job you were working for some sort of corporate job in the past and even though you're not making as much uh, money today i don't know if you want to talk about this on the air but no, that's fine uh, even though you're not making as much money today as you used to i don't know what the difference in salary is like but i believe it's pretty significant based on some of the things you've said to me it's a, it's been a big change as far as the money situation is concerned but what else has changed for you as a result of that? How how else has has your life and how you feel about your life changed since you've made this uh, these um, th- this basic change of uh, getting away from the corporate world? Oh, it's been night and day. I mean, uh, I I've been happier. That's I've been happier than I have been in my entire life. I think because I've been acting on what I really want to do, and I have been ignoring pressures to do otherwise. And uh, I've just been happier. And, and I think the other aspect of this, you said you're following someone else's dreams, which is mm-hmm. definitely true. I think the other thing about it is I don't think anyone can truly live up to their full potential if they're not if they're not listening to themselves. I mean, our potential, our uh, our aptitude for something, I believe it's crucial that we like it, that we want to do it. So to the extent that we're doing something simply because we're under the impression that's what we're supposed to do or because we're under threat if we don't do it. Though we're never we're never living up to our full potential of doing that sort of thing, so it's, been, it's about maximizing more. yourself. I really couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, when you're doing something that either you're you know sort of ambivalent about or you don't like, you're not going to do as good of a job as something that you really enjoy doing. You know, I think there's something to be said for doing. A task or a job that is a little distasteful, if there's oh. a lot of money in it, I think that there's something to be said for putting your desires aside for a short period of time in order so, so you can, for instance, let's say you're getting a, a really good pay at Absolutely a corporate job agree. and you're socking away some of that money, so eventually you can leave that job and you can go off and open your own business, which otherwise you might not have been able to do without having that uh, that nest egg that you've created for yourself. So, so to some extent, that's that's okay because you're still you still have the long term in in, uh, well, it's in your mind, decision right? to do. I mean, you yeah. are making your dreams come true, and and I think that's fine. I mean, you are. If again, that's that that to me is is not the same thing. Right. Well, whereas somebody, uh, it, it, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at here is when you when you have a plan for yourself, then you have to go through whatever steps you need to go through in order to make that dream a reality for you. Absolutely. So if, it's, if it is opening your own business or whatever it is you want to do that requires you to spend five years working at some sort of corporate job so you can start to amass uh, savings, then that makes total sense. Whereas if what you're doing is just, as you were talking about earlier in the article, just reacting to the circumstances that are placed in front of you, like, oh, well, these jobs are open, so I'm going to go work here and I'm going to make a career out of this so I can retire at age 65 and I can live happily ever after, when in point of fact, none of that is what you really wanted. It was just what was presented to you. It was just what was convenient in your life. That's when you aren't really doing your own work. You're doing work for somebody else, and you never had anything greater in mind. You just picked something. You picked whatever was convenient, and you decided to follow it to the very end. And or else you you feel invested once you've chosen that. You might start off think, oh, Good this point. is what I'll do right now. I'll just do it until I can get by. I've caught myself in that trap, too, where I wanted to finish school, and that, that was a personal goal I'd set for myself. I actually wasn't under tremendous pressure to finish school, but I was in a job where it was really just to get me uh, keep me off the street, actually, mm-hmm. at the time, and it started to turn more and more into a career, and I was just at that point, I, I almost got distracted until, it wasn't until I was sort of shoved out of the nest, they were about to change locations, and I either had to follow them or lose that job, and that's when I said, I, I need to let it go and, and go back to school, and I just, I had gotten comfortable. You'd gotten you know? in too deep, you, you get into a rut, you get comfortable, you get... uh 
you get sidetracked. You're just, you're just, and and I think it's, there's a lot of fear, of course, of the unknown. Change, change you know, is, is change. very difficult. So, making a decision and and making it, picking something and willfully d- deciding what you're going to do and then working to make that happen. It's not, it's not don't work. It's not don't go to any effort. Right. It's, it's it's work for your own goals. Toll-free number for your thoughts on this at 800-259-9231. Perhaps you'd like to share how it was that your life was and then what it was that you changed that made you feel more fulfilled, uh, that made you feel as though you were really embracing uh, what it was that you wanted for yourself. Uh, and I think that if you're working at a at, if you're working at a job, maybe you're a young person and you are in a career that happened to be convenient or was somewhat a- acceptable to you, and you're biding your time. Perhaps you're doing this because you don't really know what you want. And that's an okay place to be where you're unsure of what your dreams really are. You want to do something, but you're not sure what it is. I know that uh, Julia, my girlfriend, is kind of in a position like this. Well, she was, and she was trying to figure out what she really wanted to do. She's she's great at what she does. She works in a restaurant. She's uh, She's gotten up to um, upper management there at the restaurant. So she's making a decent amount of money in the corporate world. And I would say it was up until the last year of her life, she didn't really know. Uh, I mean, she had some general ideas for what she kind of wanted to do, like was to get into teaching. But she knew she didn't want to get into government schools. She didn't want to do that kind of teaching. Teaching. So she was trying to kind of figure out, well, how can I incorporate my desire to teach into something else that I really want to do? And it was only recently that she just figured out what it was. So now she does have that goal. Now, even though she's been working at a job that otherwise she would not want to continue in her career for her entire life, she does have something else outside of that that she can now work towards. And I think it's so important to, to figure out as soon as you can what it is your dreams are and how it is you can achieve them. Because otherwise, again, you just keep floating around. I think you should think about it. And, uh, you know, somehow or another, you're going to get an an answer um, for that question. And I'd also like to say... Some people know sooner rather than later, though. I mean, she's she's 24, so... so. That's pretty good. There's uh, You you see those professional figure skaters who, (laughs) um, to me, are always great. They start at, like, 10, Mm -hmm. and they know what they want to do. It took me longer than 24 to start to realize... So, yep, same here. But I'd I'd like to, you know, it, it you don't have to do you don't have to work at the job that you want to work at in order to have a fulfilling life. Um, I think that uh, in the same way that I have to tie my shoes in the morning and I don't feel that particularly fulfilling. Actually, I don't actually tie shoes anymore. Uh, but What do you have, Velcro? Uh, I've got Velcro on my snow boots and okay. I've got these slip-in little clog things that I wear generally. <laughs> right. But... Um, you know, there's there's all kind of maintenance chores that one has to do in life sure. in order to have a good life. And I think that you can have a job as a maintenance chore that allows you to pursue hobbies or volunteer, uh, you know, in Cub Scouts or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. As long as you're happy. Yeah. Yeah, your goal, you're, you shouldn't confuse your career with all your other, with all of your goals in life. I mean, uh, your your work is just what... You survive. You could just be what you survive, and it might be there might be overlap, but it shouldn't necessarily. Everyone seems to, a lot of people define someone by what where they say. What do you do? do, you do? As if that's everything that defines you, yep. and it shouldn't. Toll free at 800-259-9231. So I uh, would like to have you share your life experiences if it ties into this, or you can bring up. Absolutely anything that you might want to bring up. That is the point of this program. It is Free Talk Live after all. In fact, coming up here, uh, we will jump into your phone calls about whatever you want. And, Mark, uh, maybe we'll talk into your email box here again uh, in moments. Hour number two is on the way. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give to you, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls. We go to Jaquia, Jaquia in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hey, what's How's on your mind tonight? Today? Hello? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What did you say? You are on the air, Jaquia. Is that how you pronounce your okay. name? Jaquia. Jaquia. Go ahead. Jaquia. Hi, my name is Jaquia Ford, and I want to, before we start off, I want to put a plug in and say I want to give a shout out to the Well, we don't, we don't do shout outs on this show. It's a show about ideas, a show about what, uh, talking and having a conversation, so it's not really what the point of the show is. What were you calling about tonight? Well, I'm calling because of the situation that's happening in the economy. And I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware or not of what's going on. It, or I know a lot of there's a lot of panic that's going on. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to um, just address some issues concerning that. Sure. Regarding a lot of people's confusion about it. And um, I, like I said, I'm a gospel recording artist. And you can find out more information on McJaylaEntertainment.com. <laughs> nice. Okay, so go ahead with your uh, with your point. Well, I wanted to. Uh, say that a lot of things that, that are happening is because uh, a lot of people have turned their hearts and their souls away from God. And God says that you shall have no other gods before me. So that's the reason why he's allowing a lot of things to happen. And he's, he also says, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their ways, then I will hear their cry and heal their land. You're saying that and he punishes I'm, people collectively? I'm sorry, what did you say? He punishes people collectively, like my next-door neighbor something bad, does something bad, he punishes the whole neighborhood? No, um, it's not so much like, for instance, like if your neighbor did something bad, then your neighbor will reap the punishment for what your neighbor has done. But as far as you're concerned, say you had a personal relationship with God, because I know a lot of people are very adamant about going to church, and they listen to what the pastor says, and they believe what their pastor says. And my thing about churches is um, I used to go to church myself. However, I wanted to have that close relationship with God himself, whose name is Yahweh. It was changed. Um, what did you change it I from? Wanted to have that, I wanted to have that close relationship with God myself. What did God change his name from? Pastor. I'm sorry, what did you say? What did God change his name from? <laughs> I've thought about changing his, his mine name to was Yah- His name was Yahweh. <laughs> it's been changed. <laughs> Oh, so and, um, it was, a, it was Yahweh. Yahushua. So it was Yahweh, and uh, but it's been changed it, throughout the yeah. years? Then people changed it to um, God, so and then Jesus' why? name was Yahushua. His, no. That was the original, the original Hebrew name. Do you think God really cares about that? Yeah, I used to know this. He, he doesn't really care about the name situation. What, what my point is is that the main thing that he wants people to know and want people to realize is that it's not about religion, but it's about relationship. What's that mean? And if, what do you, sorry, what do you what mean you by say? that? If we seek God ourselves 
for a relationship, whatever our relationship is with him, he's going to honor that. Like if, like the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart. Are you certain that God is a he? Oh, well, God is a spirit. I, I say he. He could be a she. I don't know. I see. <laughs> but I just know that, you know, God, God is the God of heaven, you know, not, you know, what a lot of people have made their God, which could be a God of money or God, uh, their car, their God, or their house, their God. Is your God, a, uh, is your God a vindictive God? Is he one who will uh, strike you down for doing uh, bad things? No, not at all. God is love, and it says that in his word, that God is love. God so loved, for well, God we... so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish. But right, we're, we're not here to life. read scripture. Well, you said that he, um, uh, earlier you said what it sounded like to me is that he is protecting people, but he allows things to happen, meaning he removes his protection as a sort of punishment. Is that, well, that's the way it sounded when you called in earlier. I'm just curious. There's a lot of things that have been happening in the economy that you, you may be aware of or I may not be aware of or, you know, many of us know and don't know about. But like I said, one of my main points in my call today is that um, um, in, in the Bible it talks about how Babylon the Great is falling, and it refers to America as Babylon falling. But that's and why I asked you about people. collective punishment, because it sounds like the, all of America is being collective puni- collectively punished for what some people are responsible for. Are you suggesting well, that this is a punishment of some of sort? Jaquia, are you, are you suggesting this is a... Uh, Jaquia. Jaquia, are you uh, suggesting this is some sort of punishment, or that that's just the way things are happening? Well, things are happening that way because it is written to happen that way, because people's hearts have turned away from the God of heaven who created us. It is written to, to happen that way. Are you saying that this is all preordained, that uh, this is uh, this fate or destiny, or that there is no such thing as free will? I'm, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at there. Okay, well, the thing that you know Yahweh wants us to understand is that he wants us to have a relationship with him. And a lot of people have turned their backs on him and turned their walk away from him. And because of that, those Specific people are in the coming days ahead. You're, you're going to see more things happening in the economy where the, um, people are going to things that are going to happen like that are going to be like worse than so. Uh, here's a question for you. Uh, just a question. Uh, if you are somebody who is, uh, let's say you're on the, the board of the Federal Reserve and uh, you are uh, an individual whose job it is to essentially print out money for the federal government to uh, continually inflate the money supply. And let's say you you believe in what it is you're saying about, you know, uh, having a relationship with God, supposedly. So let's say you're a very holy person, but your job is to inflate the money supply. Is that going to um, – is that okay, or is that going to result in problems? Well, if it's corruption and it has to do with anything that's evil, you know, as I stated earlier, you know, God makes it very clear where he says that he wants us to come out of her, which means come away from it. Anything that has to do with evil, run from it. Get away from it. What about um, a person who is a law enforcement officer? Uh, Now, you said that God gave us free will. Um, Now, a person who's a law enforcement officer, say, who, uh, you know, goes and arrests criminals who are smoking marijuana or who are gambling or who are participating in prostitution, one of these vice crimes. Now, God gives us free will, so God would say you're allowed to do any of those vice crimes because no one's getting hurt in the process. But um, the police officer is doing what's right, as it were, by stopping people from doing things that might be antithetical to what it is that God wants. Who, who in that situation is doing the right thing? Who, which one is God going to punish? 
um, whether it's the officer that's doing the arresting or the person that's doing the crime. Well, yeah, that's well, my question. God gave us free will, as you said. Um, right. God gave us free will. Now, and, and an officer who uh, or a judge or a prosecutor, you, you, you pick your uh, bureaucrat, um, who would prosecute somebody for exercising that free will is stifling the free will that God gave. However, the person who is exercising their free will by visiting a prostitute because god really really hates sex crimes more than anything else um so which one of them will god punish for doing the wrong thing the one who's stifling free will that he gave his uh you know one of his children or the one who is uh you know selling their their temple by uh, visiting a prostitute well god will the one that's wrong because it it depends because both of them could be wrong it just depends on how their heart is if their heart is not 100% with God, if they're not seeking God with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their body, with all their mind, then they're in the wrong for that. But, but you didn't say that God would punish But you didn't say that your God would punish those people, right? Because you said that your God is all-loving. Is that right? Yeah, he, he wouldn't punish them if they came to him and repented and, and asked oh. him, you know, please forgive well, what us. If you don't forgive repent? me for my sins. You know, what if you don't do done. that? What if you don't repent? If you don't repent, then um, you will suffer the plagues that are to come upon well, How is that loving? How is that all loving? You said he was love, not uh, – you said that you didn't believe in a, in a hell. Uh, you said that, that your God was all loving, and now you're saying that he's going to punish. Right. So which one is I, it? I never said that he was going to punish himself. You, I just said that he's not going to protect. He, he, he will allow things to happen, but that, that's – it doesn't mean that it's him that's doing it. That's all I was saying before. He will allow it to happen. Do, do you believe in yes. hell, though? Do you believe that there are people who will go to hell for all eternity? Yes, I believe that there is a heaven and there is a hell. See, and I believe that... Uh, see, I would never, I would uh, never as ever far as all eternity condone sending anyone to hell. And that, and that makes me wonder, is my capacity for, for forgiveness bigger than God's? Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231. So, another confused belief system. You can bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. Anything goes if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Well, I guess virtually anything. As I mentioned earlier, the whole idea of shout-outs is not necessarily the point of the show. We want to have a conversation with you about things that are interesting to you. So 800-259-9231 allows you to bring up absolutely anything. And again, it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you type in FTL at the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. All right, as we continue with your phone calls, uh, let's talk to Pierre in California. Pierre, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, uh, hi guys. Uh, Mark, Andy, Ian, and Dale, right? Yes. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight, Great. Pierre? First off, uh, you guys sound uh, witty and fun, and uh, exactly are the kind of guys I'd look and choose as my friends. Thank you. That's nice. Thank yeah. you. Um, we're, all, we're, we're your little friends in your iPod. Well, that's good. Um, uh, certainly, I'm, you know, I'm not on the radio all the time, so I won't sound as professional as you guys, so I, I apologize to the listeners out there. Do your best. Okay. Very good. 
But uh, I, I found Dale's story interesting, and um, I, I think what we're really witnessing here is the age-old battle of collectivists versus individualists. And um, why I say that is um, everywhere we go, we, we have cults. Uh, we're in the, the granddaddy of all cults, and it's the cult of America. And, the cult uh, of we government. know this cult sure. by all of the indoctrination techniques that, that it has, from the Pledge of Allegiance to promises of Social Security, and uh, they take us as initiates and try to turn us into true believers. And we find this everywhere. Uh, you better believe that Costco is a cult and IBM is a cult, and each cult has their own jargons and their own their own means of indoctrination to turn you from the initiate to the true believer, and uh, ways to ostracize outsiders. And, and, of course, we have other great, wonderful cults like uh, the American Bar and the American Medical Association, which uh, manipulate the system so that we have to deal with them on a financial basis, on an economic basis, yeah. uh, forcing us into transactions. So what we're, we're really dealing with all the time is this, this fractal cult society that we live in. There's thousands of cults, from the, from the cult that you hang out in your, in your pub, where there's jargon and modes of mannerism that you have to, to comply with, otherwise you get pushed aside as the outsider. But what we see here is this, this in essence, underneath it all, is this battle of persons that see uh, using the forces of group dynamics to uh, compress people into one cult or another so that they can uh, rise to the top, uh, gain the uh, power from having individuals underneath them uh, to enrich their own lives, whatever that means, whether it's uh, for sexual uh, uh, conquest or for for big bank accounts, and and, and you find this everywhere. Or just power. Yeah, just or, power, or just power is power very uh, intoxicating. You know, some people, have, and, but without question, those persons that drive themselves to the top tend to have this uh, 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 psychopathy about them. Whereas most pe- people flounder. And w- when you were talking about your girlfriend there, one of you fellows, I forget which one. Must be Ian. Might have been me. Yeah, Ian's yeah. the only one with a um, girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, th- that's. Uh, that she was often wondering uh, what she should do, and she was floundering in her life. And this is exactly what happens to most persons. And it's, and it's because they're fighting the forces within them of their individualist nature and, and the constant barrage of collectivist indoctrination that has, has allowed them to accept false beliefs about who they are yeah. and what they should be. I think it's interesting. And, and this is really what it all comes down to, beliefs in the beginning. Yeah, I what you believe is going to drive you to what you do. There's no doubt about that. I wouldn't say necessarily that she was uh, particularly floundering. However, you know, she hadn't necessarily made up her mind about what she wanted. And I think that if we had a more... Uh, in a, a society that didn't involve government indoctrination camps and that, you know, the government cult... I think that we could have young people exploring what it is they want to do with their lives at a much earlier age. I mean, for instance, we've talked about how uh, young people are essentially kept childlike for as long as possible, and so they're they're not they're there's discouraged very, from exploring what it is that they're they're looking for in their lives. And there's very little deviation in the education process. Um, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter to those that would educate whether you're going to be a ballerina or whether you're going to be a rocket scientist. You know, you're going to get educated in the same manner all the way through. So you know, it, it it kind of leaves people with not knowing what they might want to do. They don't get to explore different things. Yeah. Well, I think, if you go back. If I may jump in here, if you go back you and you read the, the history books and you, you see uh, even the, the, as corrupt a, a people as the ancient Romans were, what they put forth first in their trivium, uh, where, where we get the word trivial, are, are the subjects of grammar, rhetoric, and logic, which absolutely are forbidden in today's uh, education 
because they don't want uh, children growing up with the mind capacity to defend themselves. And uh, w without having the understanding of rhetoric, there's no way that you, you uh, can protect yourself from being duped into one kind of cult or another, whether it's come on, join us and be, become a doctor and get rich, or become a lawyer and get rich, or um, join the government. And, and so th this is uh, much of what drives people into making bad decisions. And, of course, uh, we can't forget that uh, persons are, come from their families, and their parents are, are already indoctrinated. So their parents are also right. contributing to this bad advice and it's like a cycle the of abuse. In, uh, <laughs> Starting to get to break in that cycle. Of the collectivists. Yeah, I think it's one of the most dangerous things is the, the, the fact that we have essentially a society that is just getting worse and worse as each generation goes by, each generation being indoctrinated by the state, uh, then it's, you know, having their kids being indoctrinated by the state to the point where everybody is just getting dumbed down and and more susceptible to this cult mentality that you're talking about. But now it sounds also that you're labeling everything as a cult. Would you say that that's uh, that that's the case, and that some cults are are okay, but other cults well, are dangerous? Well, uh, I I use uh, the word cult if you look at the derivation of cult uh, culture. Culture just really means the the code of conduct in, in the larger sense, code of conduct plus the codified law and. and in most organizations, there's really just codes of conduct. If you work for IBM, they have their own policies uh, and whatnot. Or if you join the, the U.S. Army, uh, you, you have to adhere to the code of conduct as well as uh, codified law of the military. But having said that, uh, essentially uh, you can choose if you prefer the words click or group. You can, you can you know, substitute that for my word cult. But essentially they all operate under the same uh, uh, principles with the same group dynamics, the same forces. Uh, with the same interaction between persons that strive to get to the top, uh, the, the shunning of the outsider. It's quick to pick on the outsider, which will allow someone to gain status among their peers by attacking the outsider and moving themselves up, up the, uh, the ladder or up the totem pole. And, um, Thus the statement. and most persons just want to fit in, and you, you find it from jargon to clothing uh, to whatnot. So if you don't like the word cult, choose something else like group or click. But it's essentially the forces are the same. This is fundamentally what we're really talking about is human nature. And this so is you're not necessarily labeling thing. it as a, as a negative in every case. Well, uh, yeah, I suppose you, you would have to uh, wrestle with yourself and decide, are all groups bad? Um, would you like to be uh, alone uh, uh, in the Arctic too, on I a crashed uh, boat? We choose the kind of people we like want to hang uh, around, Shackle, too. Uh, Shackleton to help lead you along. The, the, we also choose the kind of people we want to hang around, and the, and the question is, are you choosing to be around someone because they provide something that you benefit from in that relationship or not? Well, this is an you excellent know? point, voluntary association, which is always a wonderful thing, right? Thank you, Pierre, for the call. You're absolutely sure. right, and uh, it was a good discussion. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. 
And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll jump back into the email box in a moment, but first, your phone calls. That's what the show's about. It's Tom in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Yeah, you know what's weird? Let's say you go out and you commit some petty crime. Let's say you steal a candy bar and you get caught. And the judge says, okay, let's determine how much uh, to sentence you. Okay, I'm going to take this brand new deck of cards, open it up, uh, shuffle the deck thoroughly, and then draw one card at random. Okay, if it's a joker, then you get out on a technicality. <laughs> if it's the ace of spades, then you go into prison for the rest of your life. Good Lord. If it's, if it's the ace of clubs, then you get... 20 years. If it's the Ace of Diamonds, you get 10 years. And if it's any other card in the deck, then you get three days in jail. Okay? That's, that pretty much sums up Blotto Lotto, which is a, when you commit a uh, seemingly petty crime, which is driving while intoxicated, which is not even a felony. It's a misdemeanor if <clears throat> you don't crash into anybody. But if you happen to crash into somebody, okay, <clears throat> you're driving drunk and you happen to drift left of center because you're too clumsy and there happens to be somebody coming the other way. Mm-hmm. Now, if there's one person in that car, now you go up for one vehicular homicide. <clears throat> but if there just happens to be three people in that car <clears throat> and all three of them get killed, they didn't do anything wrong putting three people in that car, of course. But... You just happen by, you know, random chance to have hit a car that had three people in it, and now you go up for a lot more prison time than if you, I mean, you've done exactly as much crime, and if you uh, happen to notice the stop sign a little too late, and you blow through the stop sign, and you didn't happen to crash into anybody, okay, well, then you've done exactly as much crime as the next guy that blows through the same stop sign just as drunk and happens to crash into somebody. So you're saying the crime, the criminal element in those cases has more to do with who who the victim is or if there is a victim or how many victims there are rather than the actual act that was occurring? The punishment depends on what victims you happen to hit. I'm introducing the expression blotto lotto. Okay, because that pretty much sums up what goes on. It's so random. You do exactly the same amount of crime, and the outcome, of course, uh, it's all, it also works the other way because uh, they could kill anybody. It's random who they're going to crash into. Okay? That's true across the board, too. A lot of the, There's a lot of cases of the crime being nowhere near suitable for the – the punishment being nowhere suitable for the crime. So what would you suggest, uh, I mean, Tom, you've kind of outlined what it is we have. What would you suggest to change that in the future? What they've got to do is increase the likelihood of getting nabbed uh, as opposed to just uh, putting out more punishment. Ignition interlocks, by the way, uh, the insurance companies could probably work with uh, the government regulators and say, hey, how about let us give people a discount 
if they put an ignition interlock in their car, and the discount will make it worthwhile for a lot of people. It's kind of like a speedometer because you go to sleep it off, and then you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and you feel fine, okay, but you're not. You know, a lot of people have no idea that they're still way over the limit. They go to sleep it off in the back seat of their car, and they feel fine at 4 o'clock in the morning. But an ignition interlock would tell them otherwise. So you're saying make it a voluntary option. You're saying uh, make it so that people could install that, get a discount on their insurance, presuming that's what the insurance companies wanted to offer, and not mandate it on everybody. That's That seems okay. And here's another part of it, okay? You start your car with the remote starter, you can't go anywhere. Well, you should be able to do that with your when you come stumbling out of the bar drunk as a skunk at, at closing time. Okay, start your car with the remote starter. Nobody has ever been hit by a car that wasn't moving. That should not be DWI. I agree. If you climb into your car and leave it running, and then, okay, now it's warm and dry inside your car, and then 4 o'clock in the morning, you wake up, you feel fine. If you try to start your car and the ignition interlock says no, that's just the same as using the speedometer to make sure that you don't go too fast. There's nothing wrong with having a speedometer in your car so you don't go faster than the speed limit. Yep. There's nothing wrong with having an ignition interlock in there to stop you. That should definitely not be a DWI. Absolutely. If you're you, sitting there with the key in the ignition... Yeah, that's and absolutely ridiculous. There are, there are fewer... <laughs> there, are, there are hardly Even any if, other... Sometimes they'll give them um, for the keys being in the glove compartment or lying what? in the foot. Well, it, really? I, it happened to my cousin. It's crazy. The, those are the most ludicrous DWI stories I, I think you could even come across. Hey, Tom, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Obviously, restitution is another thing that would be nice to have more often in crimes and crimes that involve a victim having those victims being compensated in some way or if you're talking about somebody that's dead having the family members or the associates of the whoever it is that's been affected by that person being uh, removed from their life uh, having them being compensated for the their lost loved ones or their lost coworkers or whatever I think would be absolutely something we need to move towards as well toll free number here 800-259-9231 to the email box. Uh, this is my email box where I figured we'd hang on to this one for a day or night. Proud gay Canadian libertarian emails in. Chris writes, he says, Dear Free Talk Live, I'm writing to let you know that you have a supporter here in your neighboring country. I'm a 22-year-old gay male from the smallest province in the country, Prince Edward Island. I get a lot of beef from my friends for being gay and a libertarian. They basically compare anyone who is GBLTQ and not someone who supports the New Democrats to be like a Jew voting for a Nazi. Mm. Uh, Dale, as somebody who's uh, been... Uh, I'm a former Republican, so I know exactly what he's talking about. Being it's on the outs with, uh, with the gay community? Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to be a, gay, to be a gay libertarian than it is to be a gay Republican. Is that right? No doubt. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So uh, he says, I happen to be a member of a GBLT social activist group here, and I find it interesting how they think libertarians are God-hates-fags people. I don't think the government has any place in telling me who I can love and, well, make love to and what I do in my own home. I find it weird that there is a stigma now, and all GBLT people are supposed to support the Democrats. The Democrats are always using us for votes, and other gay people ignore that they are inter integral. 
uh, in the integral, I think is what he means, in the military-industrial complex, as the so- conservatives-slash-republicans are as well. I also find it weird how they think we need the government to take care of the GBLT community. I am in favor of hate crimes legislation, but we still do not need them to take care of us. Mm. Any thoughts on all that? Yeah, well, too many almost, I think. it's. Yeah, the the thing about the well, first the hate crime legislation. I've always been been against hate crime legislation. To me, it's it's always been it's just always seemed really bizarre the notion of punishing someone more based on a uh, like if they were doing something for hate crime reasons, they commit the exact same crime, do the exact same amount of harm to someone, uh, and then you know somehow altering the punishment. I, that's something that's never made sense. Right. To me. If I beat up somebody for breaking up with my sister, um, or if I beat somebody up because they're gay, well, what difference does it make? Did you say breaking up with my sister? No, breaking uh, right for breaking up with my sister. <laughs> you're, just, you're, making, you're being racist. No, I'm just, oh, okay. just having fun with the word sister. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I think the best way to deal with hate crimes is to arm more uh, minorities. Absolutely. Our emailer here has a few more thoughts. In fact, he's going to get into a major position of disagreement with us on the show. He's going to talk about universal health care here in a moment. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yet he claims to be a libertarian, but he supports universal health care. Hmm. Well, you have to know this is Canadian libertarianism. It's very different than <laughs> our notion of libertarianism. Let's come back and uh, talk to you about what you want as well. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, those features include live streams, broadband, version, dial-up, webcam, all completely free. You can get all of them at uh, listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue here with the email from a gay libertarian, someone who claims to be a gay libertarian in Canada, and he says that he has a, an area of disagreement with us here on the show. He says, one place I do disagree with you, that is, I think universal health care is a good thing. The lack of support for it is why I do not vote for the Canadian Libertarian Party. You all seem to think that capitalism owns libertarianism, but then libertarian socialism came first, he says, and recognized that capitalism, like government, is also able to be corrupted. So they support a stateless socialism, and that's very different than state socialism. Stateless socialism, says Chris, is where the people help each other for the greater good, and not because a government dictates them to and gets rid of the oppressive ideas of multiple classes. Well, I do uh, help people for the greater good, um, or because I choose to uh, help people. I'm a member of the volunteer fire department and uh, donate money to charity um, in the, you know, and do good things for my neighbors. Does that make you a socialist? I don't think it makes me a socialist because the fact is that um, socialized medicine isn't necessarily people doing things for the greater good. It's people doing things because they have to or they'll get thrown in jail or have their houses taken away from them. Well, there's just stateless society without labels and 
as if they're not if there's no state presumably there's nothing forcing socialism on people so people will engage in it in various forms perhaps uh and there you know but you can't really you know you can't impose it I mean, a stateless society is unimposed so right. this is what bugs me when people talk about it. They talk about a stateless society. Is it possible to have a stateless society? And you don't you don't replace the current government with a stateless society. All you can do is change individuals and get individuals to understand that the state is a bad thing and oppose it. And that's the only way you're going to shrink the state. So I think it's a misconception to talk about, you know, is a stateless society possible as if it's going to be some new form, uh, some new system that replaces the old violent system it, sure. it can't work that way i mean all i really want the government people to do is stop using violence right i, would, I mean just stop as soon as they do that they'll be part of the marketplace like everyone else and they will be an acceptable right and, an acceptable and, form. and he yeah. says here that uh, he believes that we we think capitalism owns libertarianism and i don't think that that's inherently true at all i mean uh, libertarianism i really do believe that but yes i understand well, where he's coming from well you know what so. capitalism and socialism are both words that have been corrupted by the state because the concept, I mean, we are social creatures, so the word socialism should not be such an ugly word. But what happened was violence got mixed in. There's this notion that, uh, you know, somehow sort of, someone tried to impose their notion of what, how, how we should behave on us, and that was, that was the state corrupting the idea of socialism. And, and instead, of, instead, of, um, instead of our natural natures of being sociable with each other and being able to specialize and help each other out in need, uh, there was the state-imposed violent socialism, and the same thing happened with capitalism. And so now we have the word capitalism. I don't even want to use it. It's so ugly now. I mean, it's state capitalism where these corporations are having tremendous power where they lobby the government for benefits and for violence, and, and the, the violence is for sale from our government. And that's what we what we have right now is state capitalism. I don't, I, you know, uh, I I still occasionally use the word uh, anarcho capitalism in my comic or something like that, but reluctantly because yeah, I really I like to think of a, you know it, that word's been burned yeah. real hard. And I I think the term voluntarist describes me best. Uh, consensualist, voluntarist, whatever you want to, whatever whichever term uh, you'd prefer. We, we don't use capitalism very much on this show. No, we so really don't. The the statement that we believe that capitalism owns. Um, libertarianism isn't so because we don't use capitalism. Now, you can define capitalism as what we're talking about, and I do largely define interactions, peaceful interactions between people on a voluntary basis, which largely means unregulated business, uh, as capitalism. That's how I define it. However, many people do define the term capitalism as corporate greed, which it doesn't you wouldn't have corporations in a world without a government um, restricting interactions between people? But okay, because government created corporations, yeah. right? I, I think it's you have to respect reasonable claims to property if you are to respect freedom. To do otherwise is to accept slavery, which is unacceptable. But there are reasonable notions of property, and then there are capitalist what we have modern notions of of state capitalism which are very unreasonable notions of property like that they own would you. not be respected in a in a free market and, right. and voluntarism doesn't in, inherently have any sort of capitalist slash socialist tendencies voluntarism is just the absence of state control right exactly so it doesn't prevent you from going and starting a commune it doesn't prevent you from engaging in communal behavior with other people who consensually also want to engage in that similar behavior in fact 
fact, uh, having a voluntary society could mean that different pockets could exist or different mixes could uh, could exist. There could be a large amount of people that decide to voluntarily engage in communal activity. And there could be other people that don't want to have anything to do with that, and they could all get along all right. And, in fact, that's the point. The, the point of not having a state is because we are a pluralist society with different drives and goals and ways that we want to live. I mean, we talked about following your own will and your own inner calling, and how can you do that when someone else is telling you how to live your life? So... That's the, in fact, the whole point of having a stateless society is to acknowledge the fact that we're a plur- we have pluralist cultures and that we are all very different. We all have different desires for what's going to make us happy. He goes on to say, I am, full fu- I am for full equity, or rather equality, he says, and I do not want any government, corporate rule, or any sort of rule. I just want to be able to live life, enjoy, and capitalism is also oppressive, he says, when it is rampant. Call me a social anarchist or anarcho-syndicalist, if you wish, or even an anarchist-communist. I love your love of liberty and that we both believe the government is evil. However, I am a libertarian socialist and not a libertarian capitalist slash free market libertarian. If you Well, I don't see I, why somebody who believes in communism would be opposed to the free marketplace. I, that, that, that's another word. Just the fact, you know, the, the free market is almost redundant. There's just – the market is just – a market is just a way of talking about people interacting voluntarily. You know, you, right. you, you, if I want you to do something for me, I have several options. I can ask you if you'll do it for me. Maybe you'll do it out of the kindness of your heart. Mm-hmm. That's nonviolent. I can, or I could offer you something in exchange. You yeah, know, you I could me. appeal to your charity. I could offer you something in exchange. All these things are aspects of voluntary interaction, and that the free market is just a way of describing that. Right. So the whatever it is he vision, envisions for himself is what he wants to see in regards to his so-called libertarian socialism could exist in a free market environment. So they're they're not uh, and probably would. They're not. Yeah, they're not exclusive to one another. Uh, he says, if you need proof of libertarian socialism coming before your sect of libertarianism, hey, hey, don't plug me in anywhere here, man. I'm just a voluntarist. I'm just somebody who believes that uh, force should not be used on my neighbors. I believe that you should be able to live your life however you want, so long as you don't force somebody else uh, to follow your way. He says, uh, I can provide. Uh, he says I can provide links to sites full of information on this topic. Well, you know, if that's true, and well, the, the argumentum antiquium here. I mean, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Uh, the uh, flat Earth thought became before round Earth thought. Um, you know, <laughs> right. the the fact is, violence and coercion came before libertarianism. So, what came first doesn't really matter. He says, I love your show, and I agree with all you say about the government and its unnecessary evil nature. But I just disagree when I hear how great capitalism is. We're all fighting for our freedoms and liberties, and that's what's important. We are all just on a different spectrum of that liberty. So I guess I should make a you know if if we do use the term capitalism on the show, and I don't recall using it very often. Ian doesn't like it at all, and uh, I don't have a pr- particularly have a problem with it. But what I say, what I mean when I say capitalism is people being do, uh, be able to do business without the government getting in between them. What's wrong with that? Right. That's it. It now, really breaks down into an argument of semantics, unfortunately. Right. And, when, I know what you mean by when it, the gar- when the government gets involved, then what they um, what they do is they they um, Favor one person over another um, in in a business situation, so they'll regulate and they regulate regulate out usually poor people, ethnic people, um, you know, all the all the disadvantaged types. Startups versus the established businesses Absolutely. that are in there with their guys in government. You know, and I was I was thinking today, you know, it's 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 a requirement to have. Uh, uh, these uh, t- 
toilets for um, you know people that are in wheelchairs and things like that. That's really great that businesses would choose to do that, but a lot of them um, don't do it because they would choose to. A lot of them do it because that's the requirement as far as the building code goes. Well, what if I'm a guy in a wheelchair and I'm uh, poor, but I want to start my own business, and I could afford to start my own business, but I can't afford to start my own business and build out this $140,000 bathroom, which is what um, a, a friend of mine you know, who was building this place said, that the bathroom cost to, to outfit um, for handicapped people, I could afford that extra 140 grand so i have to continue to work for the man it's me a cripple guy who has to continue to uh, work for the man because the government has rules for handicapped people but i don't think he's in favor of those governmental rules he's just talking well hey so he's for hate crime laws you never know that's a good point all right hour three is coming up you can bring up what you want it's free talk live with your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue here, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's start with Brian in Minnesota. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Hello, Brian. Hey, I'm driving home in a major snowstorm right now, so if I cut out, it's because I... uh should be focusing on driving. But, oh, uh, to New Hampshire. It's warm here. What's on your mind tonight, Brian? Compared to Minnesota, it's warm. Uh, I was. Uh, I want to address that emailer uh, as far as anarcho-communism goes. Yeah, or he calls himself an anarcho-socialist. I'm not no, really sure what the difference is. He said a libertarian socialist. Oh, excuse me, a libertarian socialist. So not sure what the differences really are, but go ahead. Right. Well, I'd like to address, uh, I know the Symbionese Liberation Army, if anyone remembers that from the 70s. Yeah. This, uh, didn't they uh, kidnap Petty Hearst? Yes, they did. They okay. claimed uh, to be of the same ilk as far as uh, anarcho uh, Whateverism. communists. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, if you're an anarcho-communist, if a group of people decide to get together and engage in commerce for profits... Uh, then who decides you're not allowed to do that right. in an anarcho-communist system? Right. So, so to me, it doesn't make any sense at all. You can be either anarcho or you can be communist, but you can't be both. There is a strange kind of version of anarchy of an anarchist society that uh, really is a system, but there are no there's no hierarchies. But that's very bizarre to me. Right. I, I, I must admit, I was one of these at one point. I was an anarcho-communist, but it, what it was is really this fiction in my mind I had created where you would uh, have this, you know, these societies, these little uh, 50,000 uh, uh, people, city-states that would focus on, uh, you know, essentially a division of labor. They would uh, focus on doing certain things. You know, you might have one city-state that makes seven grain bread and another city-state that grows or <laughs> Organic corn in another city state that makes Kobe beef and whatever uh, you've you've got all these little city states that do their little thing and uh, I suppose one city state makes the cars so that you can get from one city state to the next 
and it just it doesn't hold water because what if you're in the city state there and you want to do business with somebody else in another city state who's going to stop you and at which point the whole system breaks down because well you can't get people well you're supposed to be making seven grain bread what you can't you can't go do plumbing and so uh you know it's it's really fiction uh, it, those people would make great um you know, science fiction writers, the world that they imagine cannot possibly exist. That whole thing sounds, sounds very slavish and unpleasant to me, this notion yep. of being shoved into the role that society needs you to perform. You know, and once again, and you, if you're you not doing the, what you're motivated to do, you're not living to your full potential. And the uniform. Don't forget that you have to wear the uniform. Sounds like misery. Absolute mm-hmm. misery. Brian, what other thoughts do you have? Uh, okay, I also had a question. I originally was trying to call about... Uh, I really like the idea of a free market for uh, the criminal aspect, and you're talking about paying restitution for committing a crime. So let's take uh, a scenario where you have two criminals. Uh, Let's say uh, two people who both committed murder. We're going to say it's the same circumstances. One man is a, a poor individual who doesn't have much money, and that person kills someone, and he has to pay restitution. And now let's take someone like... Bill Gates, he has to pay restitution. So is it, if that person kills an individual, if they, both of those people kill someone in the same circumstances, does the poor person have to pay exactly the same amount as Bill Gates pays? I don't know. What would the market decide? If they pay a million-dollar restitution, yeah. then can Bill Gates walk around popping off anyone he wants and pay million-dollar restitution? Well, Bill Gates yeah, is probably going to get works. somebody defending themselves against him if he just keeps trying to pop off a bunch of people. Somebody's go- he's going to run Likely, up against somebody with a gun, right. and they'll take well, him out. Well, I'm curious what your alternative solution is, because... You know, I, I just asking a question. Yeah. I, well, well, my, my suggestion there, would, what I would say there is that what would the marketplace decide? I don't know the answer to the question. There would be uh, private justice, and there would be a, a, a decision made based on what the market was demanding. Well, uh, the, the other thing you have to look at is why would Bill Gates kill some schleb like you or me? Like, what does, oh, I know. I'm not saying it would happen. It was just I'm curious. Because he could afford it, Mark. He went crazy, head. and he knows he well, could afford I, I'm to just, do it. I'm, I'm looking at this. Bill Gates is likely going to kill somebody who has a great deal of net worth because those are the people that he associates with. And so, therefore, he would uh, have a commensurate amount that he would um, you know, pay for. The most, you know, I mean, if you look at it, essentially people kill people inside their class structure, and that's – so, therefore, it's commensurate. However – what, what's the difference today? Can't Bill Gates really? Now think about it. Can't Bill Gates go to? He can afford a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look at OJ now. OJ, yeah, I mean, right. Um, Bill, can't well, Bill look Gates? At Patty Hearst. What's, what's that? I said, look at Patty Hearst. She. Uh, I don't know the story really. A bank robbery, and then she uh, basically paid Bill Clinton to get pardoned. I think restitution is largely misunderstood. What you're doing when you try to when you try to make restitution for some sort of crime is you're trying to get right with your community again, and it, and it's something that's actually tangible and makes sense as opposed to some arbitrarily handed down punishment. And uh, you can't obviously you can't just turn around and keep doing the same bad thing over and over again. It's going to get harder and harder to make restitution. Well, I mean, right. someone who's poor and and does something. I mean. And that's something horrible. I think that the whole point is that the community, you know, your community might, uh, it's your community is going to decide whether or not to 
accept you in their in that community, whether or not to do business with you, whether or not to be charitable towards you if you need it, sure. things like that. So you're facing ostracism or violence. If right. You, it's not just you know, money. You might, someone might come after you in retribution, and you're doing restitution so that they will be so that they won't feel that that vengeance towards you and sure, avoid the, violence. The first time you if you if somebody commits a murder and see a lot of murders are committed as, as crimes of passion where they perhaps maybe never really intended to kill somebody, but then something snapped or whatever and you apologize and you make restitution and you change your life, then people are going to, over time, they're going to forgive you for that. If you go out and then you apologize and you kill somebody else, then you're you're wearing your welcome pretty thin there. Exactly. They're only going to put up with that for so long. And like Dale said, there could be retaliation. Uh, certainly people are going to know that you're a dangerous individual. And, of course, there's also the chance that if you are a danger to other people, if you aren't uh, if you know, if you don't show that you are sorry for what it is that you did, and you just you continue to be violent and dangerous, then there, that's I think reason enough for somebody to take you and put you in a cage. I think that if you are a constant danger to the people that you are around. Then and, I think that there's there's nothing wrong with putting somebody like that into and a cage. And it might be, and I could see a lot of the cases where someone is put in a cage, uh, as he calls it. It's families, loved ones, charities, churches who are making these um, humane jails, uh, these humane jails that are nothing like our state prisons. And those are to protect people from retribution and violence and to prevent violence because someone maybe really did do something really awful. And and when you're putting someone in and when you're restraining someone like that, you're doing it to avoid further violence, to keep them from hurting someone else or to keep someone from getting retribution on them. So, Brian, any other thoughts? I know that answers my question. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Joe in New York. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Dale, and Mark. Hello? Hello, Joe. Hi, how you doing? It's on your mind tonight. Not much. Let me preface what I'm about to say by saying that I am debating relocating uh, to New Hampshire, uh, and uh, my college years were chock full of uh, arbitrary suppression of uh, expression. So keep that in mind when I bring up what I'm about to bring up. Okay. Um, I'm uh, calling about... uh, I've by happenstance, uh, happened upon the so-called Free State Movement uh, on YouTube, and I'm uh, calling uh, in that regard. I'm calling to ask, why do you think that uh, uh, airing your agenda in traffic court proceedings or uh, in arraignments or uh, things like that is the best way to air your agenda? It just seems a little frivolous to me. I'm not sure I understand what you mean by that. What I mean is, uh, I understand that you believe very firmly in accountability and uh, those ideas and of a fair trial, but if you feel affronted by uh, some of the rules of uh, procedure in New Hampshire's courts, why haven't you gone to court and uh, sued over them, alleging that uh, your rights as a citizen under the federal and New Hampshire constitutions have been violated? I don't know. We'll come back and talk about it. Hang on, Joe. More with you and your calls about anything. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us, including 
the bulletin board system. Over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Did you know that over 35% of IT admins admit to snooping through their boss's email? Well, shouldn't your business email be more secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential, and it's guaranteed. You can go over there and get a free account today at PrivacyHarbor.com because normal email is not secure. PrivacyHarbor.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing here with your calls, we'll talk to Joe in New York. Uh, you're, or, or Actually, we're going back to Joe in New York. You're back on Free Talk Live. Hello again. I'm glad you guys didn't cut me off. I was worried for a minute there. Can you just recap your question for us here? Yes, uh, I've come, uh, I'll go back uh, a ways. Uh, I trolled YouTube and I came upon uh, the New Hampshire Free State Movement and how they videotaped some of their interactions uh, with New Hampshire's constabularies and courts. Yes, sir. Uh, on, and they videotaped it. And my question is, uh, why does the Free State Movement seem to air their political agenda in things like traffic proceedings, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because it would seem to me that when it you would say, be I'm sorry, but a pro- Joe, for a point of clarification, when you say air their political agenda, what what do you mean exactly? Well, uh, all right, there was one that I saw in particular, uh, and maybe it's not airing a political agenda. There was one gentleman in particular I saw who was speeding through uh, Walpole, New Hampshire, uh, was brought to trial in Keene District Court, acted in his own defense. And uh, in his closing statement, seemed to imply that his beliefs as a free stater uh, exempted him from uh, paying uh, the fine. That would be uh, uh, Nick Ryder, who is not a free stater, and he was uh, saying that he wasn't going to pay the fine. He was, he's a New Hampshire native who is a liberty activist. Right, and now he's involved. Right. And I'd like to make the point here, uh, Joe, before we go on, that mm-hmm. the Free State Project so far has had 666 disturbing number, uh, <laughs> movers uh, to the state um, out of the 20,000 that will one day move. Um, and some of them choose to do this activism in courts and that kind of thing. The vast majority of them choose to do their activism more on a political level. And I would consider myself a member of you know the, 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 the larger sort of group that chooses not to uh, get involved with the cops in, in that fashion. Uh, but my partner here, uh, the two of them actually, are, are more of that ilk. So I'll chime out at that point. I just want to make it clear that well, Free State Project like, isn't doing anything. I, I'm glad there you said that. I was going to say the same people thing. That are. I was okay. going to say the same thing, Mark. Uh, let's please talk about individuals. Don't make sweeping statements about what the Free State Project is based on what Nick Ryder decided to do. And uh, But I would say, uh, once that's been said, that that's not what Nick Ryder said. Anyone, If you see someone going into court and saying, I'm not going to pay this fine, they understand that there's, they're likely going to be put in jail or something like that. They don't want to fuel. They don't want to give money to that system. They don't believe anyone should have to pay that fine. They just happen to be the one that's standing up for themselves. And I think it's heroic. I think that uh, that it's awesome what people like Nick Ryder have done and refusing to uh, to obey. I mean, what, what is your disagreement with that? Well, uh, it's not disagreement. It's confusion. Uh, and that comes from perhaps a bit of my background. I'm a student of the Constitution and of constitutional law, and it's been my understanding that courts are meant to provide a uh, venue for redress uh, by individuals against majoritarian Have they done that? tyranny. Have I they apologize d- for making a broad and sweeping generalization, though. No, no problem at all, Joe, and it's, it's, it's understandable. Have the courts been successful at that, Joe, even a little bit? 
I would charge that they have uh, in my home. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't well, see that. Hear me out. Hear me I, out. I don't hear you out. I just don't believe it. I mean, like. You know, I I see that the the courts are uh, you know when you look at this uh, jury of your peers nonsense, my experience is that they uh, they want very badly to get out of there and they say make whatever sort of uh, status judgment that they have to make to to get things moving. Um, they're also told exactly how to come to their decision. You know, judges, the decision is practically made for them. You're just here to confirm what we want you to right. say. Judges uh, uphold the law as opposed to the individual's rights every single time. I mean, it's my right not to have to pay taxes. Right. It's my right to smoke marijuana. Right. But what judge is going to back me up on that? Well, they also make it up, too, as they go along. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. In my home state of New York, our state highest court, the Court of Appeals, has a long and proud tradition of reading its state constitution to protect more rights of the individual, especially in criminal proceedings, than the federal constitution does. As a matter of fact, in 2006, the recently retired chief judge, Judith Kay, uh, in her dissent in the gay marriage case, uh, said, we have taken a bad step backwards by not recognizing gay marriage in our state because we have this long and proud tradition of recognizing more constitutional rights in our state. I don't know what New Hampshire does, but we have it, would just seem, it would just seem to me that uh, if you have these concerns, though, about accountability or about being able to film court proceedings, uh, you should take it rather than to the traffic court judge uh, on Washington Street to the Superior Court and uh, make a claim in, under the New Hampshire Constitution. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm looking forward to having you come here to New Hampshire so you can do just that. You can show us all how to do it. How about that? Uh, give me a couple years on that one. Right, I'm John. not a lawyer yet. Okay. <laughs> I agree, the, I agree with him that that is the, the method. Uh, I agree with Joe that that's the, the proper method to go about it. However... To sue the state, you mean? Yes. Um, however... <laughs> that, via that, the state. Right. <laughs> I, I Do you have that kind of money? Right. That's like, the issue. Is I simply cannot go. Like I don't know. I don't know how. Um, there's no lawyer who's going to do it for free. Right. I, I don't have there's the that, time yeah. or the money to 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 sue the state in order to get cameras in the courtroom when that doesn't really affect me and I'm not one of those people. I mean, the the, the state loves to have you spend thousands of dollars on an attorney and then dismiss you because you have no standing. It's, it's their favorite little thing to do. The only thing that yep. I can do is walk in there with a camera and say, I'm not leaving. Right. Throw right. me and in jail. They're bringing That's this it. fight. To, they brought that fight to Nick Ryder, and they brought that fight to David Cruz, and they brought that fight to you know Lauren Canario, to all these and people. David that, Manning, yeah. And David Manning. And all these people that have said, I'm not participating with this. I'm not going to be your piggy bank. I'm not going to fund you. You can do what you want to me. Throw me in a jail cell. Whatever you want to do. So they brought the state brought that fight. Those people right. were not mm. out there agitating. Those looking are not for that. people that or have a huge amount of means. Well, that's exactly that. It's a it's a tremendous amount of money to uh, it, money. Justice is expensive in this country and in uh, possibly other parts of the other countries as well. But it's expensive, and you're trying to play a game where the other team, their coach, is also the referee. Yep. So the, and the referee <laughs> and um, all the money that's spent in the game comes out of your pocket right. because the fact is, you know, when you go to court, you're liable for their court costs and all this other stuff. And they're not liable for any of their owns because they'll just tax people for it. You know, it's it's a really, it's a stacked deck. And I, you know, I, I, I think it's a wonderful that in the Supreme, you know, the New York Supreme, or, you know, the New York Appellate Court there, or whatever their, their version of the Supreme Court is, that you can go take it all the way to the end there and get a nice dissenting opinion that agrees with you after you've spent $100,000 to lose. Well, even so on you, something, even on something where that, that it didn't cost a lot of money, Nick Ryder submitted a, 
petition to the Judicial Review Board about Judge Burke and Keene, and they kicked it back after a couple months and told him, oh, Judge Burke did nothing wrong by losing control and going, you know, just out of no his mind. Right. They, they said he did nothing wrong. So he went through the system. He used the system to try to correct the system, and it, and it failed miserably. Luckily, he didn't throw thousands of dollars into it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They are yours for free. Right there on the front page at freetalklive.com. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone calls about whatever you want. To the amp line, we go to Ivy in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Ivy. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hey, just super. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to respond a little bit to some of the questions Joe had. Um, first, he asked, why do we seem to air our political agendas in traffic proceedings, and why not bring up suits in Supreme Court against the statutes? Well, I mean, to bring up a case like that in Supreme Court does cost a lot of money, and that's what you guys were saying. And in traffic court, they're bringing the case to me, and I can then argue uh, against the constitutionality of that particular statute um, right then and there. And then appeal and whatnot is really on their dime, not mine. Yeah, they're not real fond of that whole constitutional argument in traffic court we found. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but it's a start. And if you have no money, and you have no money, as you were saying, to afford a lawyer, it's where you start. And realistically, if you get the case law to say XYZ statute is unconstitutional, they can't enforce it anymore. It's done. There is no repeal it this year, and next year's legislator puts it back into effect. It's done. You cannot enforce another, you can't put another law on the books for the same thing. Right, like the way they can't bring slavery back. Um, right. It, it, it's, you know, it's done. The, additionally, he was saying how the New, Ham- the New York Supreme Court, the New York courts recognize that its own co- constitution provides greater protection than the U.S. New Hampshire uh, agrees with that as well. I started. Um, I wanted to say that I didn't get a chance to stick that in there, but our constitution is a lot more respects, uh, at least by wording, respects liberty even more than the, the national one. Absolutely, and and the New Hampshire court agrees with that too. Um, also, he was saying about the, getting the cameras in court. I'm actually doing a lot of research on that now to hopefully get some of these motions to some of the cameramen that are out there that are trying to get um, press cameras in, into court. And, as a matter of fact, Jeremy might be mad for, at me for announcing this a little early, but we're going to be opening up a new website called NHCLOG. That stands for Courtroom Legal Opposition Group. Hmm. And that will be uh, a bunch of research on these type of things and we'll put together some basic motions for cameramen oh to that's file fantastic and stuff like that and 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 just basic motions on different traffic violations to get things dismissed and def- different um you know uh, motions for suppression and d- just different basic i think that's stuff. great something that's something that somebody could just plug into and get exactly. a real basic understanding of what they can do what their options are in a courtroom Absolutely. situation because i mean the reality of the situation is most 
most people can't afford to hire a lawyer, and Absolutely. they have no idea uh, the, what the legal the situation is in the courts. They don't know what the rules of the court are. I mean, as we saw exactly. yesterday when a couple of the free staters were on trial in Milford, they didn't know that there was apparently some mandate that they had to give their witness list right. seven days in advance. Exactly. And the ridiculousness is that the state has the exact same mandate, and in fact, the state has to give 14, 14 days. days notice, and not didn't. just seven, and the state doesn't do it. So they can argue to get the defendant's oh, witnesses thrown out. The defendant's out. responsible for coming and getting it, apparently, on their own time. Meanwhile, the prosecutor's getting paid no, for all No, it said they had to work. send it to them. Oh, I looked really? at the, no, the, the state's oh, rules. That okay. part, yeah, is mandatory. And, but because they didn't know that, they didn't say anything right. about it in court. They had no idea. So you're talking about exactly. creating a resource right, for people to go to. we're supposed to use these courts exactly. with these judges that choose to um, you know, arbitrarily decide who has to follow these rules and who don't. The judge knows that the prosecution had to send that um, list in for days in advance, but he didn't enforce it on them, but he did enforce it on the free staters exactly. because, because the courts because are the corrupt. Because the didn't say anything right. The yeah. idea of it's, using the courts in order to stop uh, the, the government seems ludicrous to me, but the other thing is traffic court is a, a revenue-generating machine for the government, oh, and if you can yeah. throw monkey wrenches into their revenue generation absolutely machine, sooner right. or later, yeah. they'll throw off the switch and they'll stop that's harming right. people. Well, and that's that's the other thing right. about traffic court. A lot of people say, well, it seems so silly to oppose uh, wearing a hat in court or or uh, making a U-turn on a certain street and opposing the fine. I but agree. But the thing about these cases is it shows how petty the state is being. It shows how all this effort is being spent on trivialities. Well, I don't and think that it's shows silly them at all. to be very tyrannical. I right. think it's a good thing to oppose those. Uh, you're right. Those I, petty, don't think, these, well, you know. I don't think it's exactly. silly at all. You've got to put your foot down because the more silly rules that you it's, accept as okay, the more they're going to pass, what, the more they're going to control you. That's exactly the point. It's a, it's, it may be, you may, someone says it's silly for someone to wear their hat in court, but it's sillier when they make a huge deal about it. On top of that, though, if you go into court and the fine is a $60 fine, even if you're found guilty, but you've wasted three hours of their time actually just standing there and defending yourself, how much money did they just spend trying to prosecute you? Yep, that's the monkey wrench I was talking $60. about. Yep. So this new website is not open yet. You're, you're kind of hinting at it. It's coming soon? Yeah, it's NH. Clog, C L O G. I think it's dot com, and it should be up pretty soon. Are you? Uh, have you, you talked? Mean to somebody didn't snatch up the NH um, Clog uh, URL already? I can't believe it. No, Jeremy <laughs> grabbed it the other day, and and we've got it mostly together. It's actually up. You can view it. You yes. just can't log in or anything yet. Excellent. Have you talked to Sam about this from the Obscure Truth Network? I haven't been in touch with Sam. I am so looking forward to meet Sam next Wednesday at the rally, the HCR rally, and Sam's my hero. I love great. him. He's great. It sounds like you guys head up. He already thinks he's the free state messiah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you guys really have something good that you're putting together here, and I think it's something that he would definitely be interested in contributing to. And, of course, uh, as more people have uh, g- gained more experience in the courtrooms in New Hampshire and, and learn what works and learn what doesn't, it'll, I'm sure, expand out into uh, quite a resource. Absolutely. And it's, an, it's going to be yet another resource that just doesn't exist in any the other 49 states. Exactly. Absolutely. Hey, Ivy, thanks for the call and the update on that. And let us know when this uh, website is really ready to launch out there. Sure will.
Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. This, again, activists helping activists move ahead into the voluntary society. It's coming, and the more people we have here in New Hampshire, the the faster it is going to occur, the faster those changes will happen. Uh, they have to, something has to change because the numbers of people that are moving here and willing to, that are willing to stand up for their, uh, their brethren, uh, their liberty-minded friends are, it just keeps, it keeps growing and something has to break. Something has to change. Yeah. I mean, currently we have a big, expensive, broken system that is just milking the taxpayers and the citizens of New Hampshire just dry. And, you know, all over America, the fact is, you know, it's it's everywhere. You can't leave America and get uh, to a freer place. There, you know, even if you look at the Heritage Foundation's list of most economically free places, you're not going to find uh, too many places that are more free than America. And, and then if you add social things in on top of that, you're... You, this is the, one of the freest places in the world, and it's an arduous police state. We continue with your phone calls going to KBYO. Listener John Paul is on the line in Louisiana. Hello, John Paul. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I was wanting to talk about the fairness doctrine. Okay. And I, the way I see it, it's not really fair at all because of its uh, McCarthyist tactics that it uses in destroying those who don't really agree with the uh, all the higher-up collective minds, it, it doesn't agree with what those collective minds dictate. And, and so the fairness doctrine would be basically using McCarthyist tactics to shoot down those who disagree with those collective minds. Well, I, I saw something come through the news today in the talk radio world. Apparently, they tried to bring back the fairness doctrine as an attachment to some sort of bill in the, at the national level recently. I guess it was today or yesterday or something like that. And it uh, apparently went down in flames, uh, something like 80 to 13. or very. It wasn't a very close vote at all on this particular issue. That's not to say it won't come back in another form. It's not to say they won't write up the you know Radio Localism Act and start mandating more uh, things that they've never mandated on radio stations before but as of right now it looks like the fairness doctrine is not coming back so that's I hope, good. I hope it stays gone thanks for uh thanks for the call tonight let's continue and talk to dave in athens ohio dave you're on free talk live hi guys a couple of things this will be the last time i call for a while because oh, no. i'm going to get a job and go back to college Hmm. Well, that's wow. that's good news. But I got a couple points I want to make. Well, okay, well, you can if you can make one in a short period of time, we'll come back and bring you back for another one. Go ahead. Okay. Did you hear about what happened with the guy that I hit saving the two elderly ladies? I got the story in my show prep right now. Well, tell me about it in a moment. Hang on, Dave. We'll bring you back here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Try to sneak your call in as well. In these remaining moments, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. We'll try to sneak your call in here in the remaining moments. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is in here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features we give to you. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations across the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So if you like that... And you want to help us out, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board. You get access to perks like the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue, Dave is in Athens. And, Dave, you mentioned there's some sort of news story about an old what, an old lady car accident. What, what was it again? 
Well, it's messed up. I could tell you about this, but the bus driver was helping two little old ladies across the street, and the truck comes down the road, and it starts plowing into the ladies and the bus driver and the guy, other guy helping, pushing them out of the way, and they got ticketed for jaywalking. So uh, he saved an old woman's life, two. and two old women's lives while well, helping across the street. Patrolman ticketed him for. Jaywalking. Yep. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's one of the craziest stories we have ever had on this uh, this this show. I can't believe we haven't managed to get to it, but uh, it's it's just nuts. It it just goes to show how you know, they're out of control. They're out of control. Some police point, officer thought it was a good idea to give this guy a ticket. The they're following point, the letter of the law. This question last night, Ian. What happens to children before the age of accountability if they pass away? Well, they go to heaven. All right, Dave. Thanks for your uh, your answers and your right. call tonight. 800-259-9231. What was the you one know, story we had a while back about the guy that he'd, he'd rescued somebody who was drowning in a river and the, the police ticketed him for something after the fact? I forget what it was, but it was just as it was almost as cold and callous as the story about the old ladies. It's nuts. I mean, yeah. I, I can't remember what the story was either, but I, I, I remember the, the feeling of it and I got the same feeling with this one yep. is, you know, I mean, you want to reward heroes. You don't want to uh, punish them. And it looks like that's what uh, we're trying to do here uh, with with our you know traffic laws and that kind of thing. I mean, is jaywalking really such an offense that you you know you need to give somebody who you know got hit by a bus a ticket? I, I think that the bus itself is whatever punishment one might need for jaywalking, right? <laughs> it seems like the cops are in this mindset of that they have to follow the letter of the law. They're not supposed to make judgments. They're not a judge, right? So they're not supposed to make judgments. So they just. They just hand out the tickets and it, exactly according to the letter of the law. I don't I think. I guess that's the mindset, is what I'm saying. I'm not defending it at, I, at I all. I understand. You know, I mean, I, I can understand it to some extent that they can't make, um, you know, some decisions uh, that they have to follow the law to to some extent. But they man, can always choose. The cop can always choose to enforce the law or not. There are very few instances in which they are mandated to follow their uh, to uh, to enforce every single law. Very few of them. Well, when you say mandated, what you mean is uh, that they could get fired for it. That's not a mandate. Well, um, shall they, versus may. There are certain things, uh, from my understanding, of having to having had discussions with law enforcement officers. In many cases, the laws do not mandate that the the cops have to uh, enforce them. There are certain ones where they they use the term "shall." So apparently, in the in the law, the the police officer shall do things. That means they pretty much have to. But uh, in many in most cases, they have the option. They always have the option. So we continue here with your calls and talk to Matthew in California. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, gentlemen. Let me do a quick recap for you. I'm the uh, San Jose State student who's doing a couple interviews for my uh, class project, mm-hmm. and uh, this is the fourth part of the series, so I'll get right to it to save you time. Okay. Knowing what, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently regarding your early career? Knowing what I know now, what would I do differently? We're talking about talk radio specifically here, right? Not just radio, yes, but sir. talk radio? Talk radio, yes, sir. Knowing what I know, what would I do differently regarding my early career? Hmm. <sighs> I can't say I would do anything differently. I feel like I have no regrets about how I've done Free Talk Live. And, I mean, maybe maybe submit a demo uh, earlier than we did. Yeah. 
uh, because we did a year. It, it took us a year to, uh, into the station being a talk station. It flipped from our original station we were on, flipped from being a rock and roll station to a talk radio station. A year later, we then made the the pitch, or I made the pitch for Free Talk Live mm-hmm. at that point. So maybe doing it six months sooner um, might have helped. Uh, but then again, the, the ratings weren't necessarily there six months sooner. So, I, again, no real regrets on um, my part. It's same here. I, mine's sort of that uh, same scenario. I uh, didn't... I, I sort of quit Free Talk Live early on. I was told that I either had to choose between becoming the local sales manager of the station that Free Talk Live was on or leave the show. I couldn't work for another radio station, which I was as a salesperson, mm-hmm. and do the show on the station. Um, something Conflict to, of interest. Yeah, it was conflict of interest, and something had come to a head, and they, they just said, you know, you got to go if you don't make the choice. So I chose to stay at the station I was at and go off the air on Free Talk Live. They fired me, and bam, you're at the door. So I... I I've always kind of regretted that, but at the same time, if I would have stayed on, um, then you know things would. Might, I, what if what if I was able to stay on as the sales manager and we managed? I managed to make the revenue come in for that sta- to station. Make the station work. To make the station work, then Free Talk Live would have never gone free freelance, and then we would have never. You know, we wouldn't gotten syndicated certainly in the same manner. Um, so. You know, in that way, it all worked out perfectly. Yeah, it really I mean, did. I, I guess, uh, and and also, Ian, if you would have uh, submitted your uh, air check even right away for it, uh, you know, the first year, the first six months, whatever, if you would have done that, then the ratings that Free Talk Live has always gotten might have made a difference for that station staying on the air. What if that station had stayed on the air? Then, you know, we would be in the same boat. I guess the biggest regrets I've ever had doing the show is, uh, you know, dropping uh, cuss words in the air. Okay. <laughs> I remember that, actually. You got banned for that uh, show. You're, you're I banned for that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, what accomplishment uh, in your career are you most proud of? I, I, I love the uh, little trophies they give us for the podcast awards, and uh, the, the heavy hundred, obviously, is the big one. But I, I do love a little trophy. I met Julia through this show. Okay. Well, you can't be, do better than love, so. Okay. Thank you, gentlemen, and I'll talk to you tomorrow night. Always good talking Thanks. to you, Matthew. Thank you for the call. We continue with Jesse in Kansas. Jesse, you're on Free Talk Live. Jesse in Kansas. Going once? Do we yeah. have Jesse? Hello? Hello? You're on the air, Jesse. What's on your mind tonight? Um... Actually, I, I was going to talk about universal health care, but then the guy said the jaywalking thing, and I just wanted to share a quick story. Okay, sure. Uh, my dad was actually hit by a uh, train once, and then afterwards, the train company tried to get them to get uh, use a law called delaying the progress of a train on him. Hmm. So be- just- <laughs> he got hit by a train, and they wanted to to you know put him in jail for it. <laughs> Yes, because he delayed the progress of the train. Wow. Yeah. How, by how much? Um, I'm not sure. I was just wondering. <laughs> doesn't seem, <laughs> yeah. like, well, so it doesn't <laughs> seem like a guy that weighs 200 pounds not could delay a train, train very much. Yeah, they had, to, they had to scrape him off the front of the train. Though. No, he probably lived. He probably just <laughs> got pumped by it. But Any, anyways. Yes, sir. Uh, the guy, there was a man earlier on here, or you read him, actually, the gay person from Canada. Yes. Talking about universal health care. And while I don't believe that universal health care is the solution, I do know that our health care system right now is completely flawed, and the free market actually won't solve it because there's no free market in America. Well, the free market would solve it if we had a free market. Right, yeah. The free market exactly. in America won't solve it because we don't have one. As corporate.
corporatism in America, free yep. market, people would be able to say, no, I'm not going to pay that much, but they can't. You're absolutely True. spot on. Uh, the fact is, a lot of people are confused. They believe that America is a free market. They believe that there is a free market in healthcare, and there nothing could be further from the truth. The American healthcare system is mostly socialized. It is, uh, and when I say mostly, I mean over 50% of the dollars spent are spent by governments, and the, that doesn't even include all of the regulations and just the insanity that uh, that that surrounds actually trying to do healthcare within the governmental structure that uh, that has been provided. So getting away from all that and moving toward the free market and allowing consumers to choose and allowing people to compete and eliminating the sort of the monopoly privilege that doctors have where, you know, nurses can't perform the same duties that doctors can do and things like that. Well, they can. They just may not. Right. <laughs> so there's just so much that that needs to change. And once it does, then we'll have true competition and innovation in a free marketplace in healthcare, lower costs and more uh, choices in the marketplace. And it could be wonderful. It could be great. But uh, it's we got a long way to go before we get there yeah we do thanks for the call tonight dude i really appreciate hearing from you 800-259-9231 that is the sickle cai toll free line so i uh, want to remind you to visit dale's website anarchyinyourhead.com comics published on friday as well as wednesday so twice per week plus great uh articles that he writes as well of course dale uh, you can also you also post your articles thankfully and you don't have to but you do this you post them over at freekeen which helps make freekeen a better website freekeen.com uh, which is of course uh, someplace i post things from time to time i've got some video footage i need to get up there but just haven't gotten around to editing it. Anyway, it has been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.